The draft is tomorrow, and today we're getting into our draft day game plan for the Chargers, talking about which positions must be addressed on Thursday or Friday night, and also getting into some contingency plans if they don't take certain positions. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer. And we've been covering the Chargers together now for seven seasons, but this is our fifth season as a host of the Lockdown Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys so much for making this your first listen today. And to make sure you never miss the show, go subscribe or follow for free on YouTube and listen wherever you get your podcast from. David, what are we getting into today? On today's show, we are getting into our draft day game plan, and that means the positions that we feel like the Chargers absolutely need to address and address early on in the draft. And hey, the draft always is a very big melting pot. You never know what's going to happen. So we have some contingency plans as well, just in case the Chargers are not able to get those positions when they want them. And also Tom Telesco had his pre-draft press conference and we get to be the ones to try to read in between the lines and decipher what information is actually usable and important. Everything has to be taken with a grain of salt. It's smoke and mirrors season, but we did get some specific comments about some of the position groups that we're talking about today, including running back that we'll get into later. And if they even think running back is a need for this team, even though we know a lot of Chargers fans want B. John Robinson potentially in round one. But there is a clear cut kind of group of players or positions that I think the Chargers have to address early, specifically because I don't think they can find the fits that they need or can add enough in free agency or at least get long term plans at those positions in free agency. And I think, as always, my philosophy stays the same early on. I want to see an explosive receiving option for Justin Herbert early. And especially when there's a lot of guys we like near the top of the drafts on day one and two. Yes, exactly. I feel like, and I've said it many, many times throughout this whole entire draft experience. I've been saying it since last season. It has to be a number one priority to get Justin Herbert as many weapons as possible. And your hit rate is always the best when you address that position as early as possible in this draft. And fortunately, there are several guys early on in the draft that I would be pretty ecstatic about yeah. if they were able to bring into the fold, man. Yeah, and we want to see it in days one and two because yes. I think there is a drop-off at receiver. I think eventually it becomes harder to find guys that you feel like could contribute for you right away and, you know, and can earn roles in the offense right away. But it doesn't mean necessarily at pick 21. It just means right. it has to be an important part of the process. And you have to think about trying to get some of these top five players at their position. I mean, and there's so many different ways to go. You can go playmakers and creators, Zay Flowers, Tank yeah. Dell, you know, deep threats, Jalen Hyatt, Marvin Mims. You can go all around guys like Jonathan Mingo. Like yeah. there's a lot of guys that could add some really important things to this Chargers offense. Or maybe they try to use that to attack tight ends, which is something that Tom Telesco did speak about a little bit. And he did say that he feels like this is a very deep tight end class. He said he doesn't really know why, but it feels like there are a lot of true tight ends coming out in this class. And they could go a more explosive option there. Obviously, guys like Dalton Kincaid, 
guys like Luke Musgrave or Sam Laporta, or yep. maybe they want someone who can be more of that overall tight end, right, and take a guy like that early on, someone who fits more in what Kellen Moore is going to bring to the table as the new offensive coordinator. Well, Tom Telesco did say that he wants his tight ends to be able to block <laughs> and to be able to receive. So that's the ideal tight end. Uh, no, I mean, all, all jokes aside here, yes, there are several options in this draft specifically where the tight end is plentiful. I mean, if you're looking in the first, second, third rounds, there are guys that I feel like can step in and come in right away and be immediate impact players for the Chargers. Michael Mayer is a, a good option, a really uh, amazing blocker, a uh, fantastic pass catcher in the contested catch situations. We've praised Dalton Kincaid all draft season long for how dynamic of a pass catcher he's been. Even a guy in the middle rounds like a, a Luke Schoonmaker. This is a, another great option. Or, you know, if you want to go with the most explosive tight end option in the in the draft and, and Mr. Koontz, you can do that as well. So many different tight ends that feel like you can see a vision for what they can do in this Chargers offense pairing up with Justin Herbert. It just feels like a position that has to be addressed at some point before the season. And I mean, you don't want to really just see another kind of one year bandaid when you have Gerald Everett, who's on, you know, basically a one year deal at this point, yeah. Donald Barham with 40 career catches and that hasn't been able to stay healthy for an entire season. Right. So there's yeah. a lot of question marks there. And just with how Kellen Moore runs his offense, it feels like they need, a more well-rounded player, or at least a more explosive player. We know what Gerald Everett is, a small yeah. guy who's a little bit of a playmaker, and Donald Parham, a work in progress as a blocker, but getting better, and yeah. unproven as a receiver with a big role in the offense. That feels like somewhere where you can find a more well-rounded guy if you want to go with a Michael Mayer or someone like that. Darnell Washington would obviously Washington, bring a different yeah. element to the table there. But no you doubt. can get some true tight ends like Tom Telesco is talking about, and it feels like they need another one of those guys in that room with the offense they're planning to play in 2023. And I think another big thing as far as the things we feel like have to get addressed in this draft, building block type of players, especially with who's available, is yeah. edge rusher. And I think yeah. it has a lot to do with just you need an insurance policy, not only for Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack this year, right? But you need an insurance policy going forward when both of those guys have $35 plus million cap hits in 2024 and you're paying the big bucks for them. So it, it really is a double-edged sword here where you need kind of someone that if one of these guys misses time, as Bosa missed 12 games last year, Khalil Mack, mostly healthy his entire career, but did miss 10 games in 2021, yep. you need a guy, and it doesn't feel like you can get that specific guy in free agency at this point. Well, you look at the lack of production from the edge position specifically. If you take out Kyle Van Noy, the Chargers only had 19 sacks last year from their edge position, and that's just not good enough. I mean, when you have guys like Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa with that pedigree, I mean, you expect more. And then even with Chris Rump, I mean, having to play a lot of meaningful snaps, he only got two sacks last year. I mean, well, a big something... chunk of those was Morgan Fox, right? So, yeah, like, yeah, six and a half sacks for Morgan Fox, yeah. exactly. And, I mean, he rushed more more from the inside, but he's a defensive end, so you got to throw him in that kind of edge grouping. But... Yeah, you take Khalil Mack's eight sacks out of it. You take, you know, Calvin Owens around five sacks out of it. You I mean, yeah. you basically got, you know, five sacks from everyone else or a couple of sacks from the rest yeah. of your edge rushers. Chris Rump's the only guy at edge rusher besides, you know, those top three guys that got anything, really. I mean, it was barely anything. Right, and that's what I'm saying. That's why I'm bringing this up, because yeah. the Chargers need to get more production from their edge group, and they have to address that early on in the draft. I cannot sit here another year and watch one of the highly paid, very important edge rushers from the Chargers 
not be able to play enough meaningful snaps to make it worth what they're paying them without having a quality contingency plan. That's just, you can't go into another season after last season and expect different results. If you do not add a quality player to that position group. And I love Kyle Van Noy. I think he's someone that could still make sense for the chargers after the draft, right? Especially since there hasn't been a lot of interest in him, but like, then you just put yourself in the same position next right. year where you have tough decisions to make on Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack's contract, especially with the age for Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa's injury history, not knowing what's going to happen the, in 2022. It's just not the answer. I just don't. I, I think you need to invest in a foundational piece or someone yeah. that can season, right, and turn into that by the time you have to make these decisions. Get yeah. one year under his belt learning from both of these guys and get an idea if he could potentially take over for one of them. And at the very least, have someone – that you know to go along with Chris Rump if one of these guys is to miss extended time in 2022 which is almost impossible to think that that's not going to be a factor in the 2023 season right like yeah. it was in 2022 hard to imagine both those guys play 17 games I thought they did you a good job from of your mistakes Mack. yeah I thought they did a good job maintenance Coolio Mack all yeah. season long right maybe yeah. Joey Bosa goes on something more like that but you need somebody that can be the future so you just don't get to this point next year and want to be like, hey, I have to take an edge rusher in round one now because this isn't something I've addressed. Yes, and also with that gigantic contract that's about to come through with Justin Herbert, you want to get as many of these very important, very expensive position groups on a cost-controlled contract as you possibly can because that's what it's going to be about when Justin Herbert signs that big deal. It's going to take a giant chunk of that cap space away. So you're going to have to supplement and you're going to have to get those highly paid position groups normally on the most cost controlled contracts that you can. And you're building for the future while also getting someone that could potentially help you. Now, if you're getting one there of these go. guys at the top, like a Nolan Smith, uh, you know, even a miles Murphy or, you know, Lucas Van Ness, if you want to develop those guys behind your yeah. top talent, you know, Felix and Uzama, BJ Ojolari, Tui Tulipolotu, Isaiah Foskey. Yeah. There's a lot of guys in those first two, you know, first two, first three rounds that if you get one of those guys, there's a reasonable chance those guys down the road can turn into a contributor for you and make you feel a lot better about the depth at that position. But we do have more positions to get into because there are other positions that I think the Chargers should address in the draft, but if they don't, must have a contingency plan and go and make signings in free agency. And I think the ones that jump off the page are you going to get some competition for Alohi Gilman? Are you going to just have three safeties with JT Woods and hope he can come back and, and be a lot better for you? And also the offensive line with as good as we like the top five guys right now, almost no depth behind them. So we're going to get into that. But first, I need to tell you guys about the best protein bar on the planet. Of course, I'm talking about Built Bars. And I know the secret release has finally come out. If you haven't gone to Built.com and checked it out, Peanut Butter Puff. If you've ever thought about just you know, I, I love peanut butter so much I could, you know, just sleep in it, like just take a bath in it. Like if you think about taking a bite of a peanut butter pillow, that's what I think about when I have the new peanut butter puff built bar. It's so good and goes along with so many other great flavors like cinnamon churro puff. You could also go snickerdoodle chunk, my personal favorite recently, along with all the other great flavors. And the nice thing is all those things taste great and sound great. But they also fit on your diet, which isn't normal. You shouldn't be able to have things flavored like that that also fit in your diet. Most bars only have 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. And you don't need to wait around to get your box anymore and, you know, impatiently wait by the mailbox to see if Bill has sent you another box of Bilt Bars now because you can go to your local Walmart and get a 4-bar box or you can go to Sam's Club and get a 13-bar box, a baker's dozen 
of Built Bars with flavors like brownie batter and churro. You can thank me later. Just go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON15 since you listen to this show, and you can get a discount on the website. 15% off your next order. Let's keep this draft day game plan going, David, with another position of need for the Chargers that we think will be addressed potentially in the upcoming draft, but we're not sure. And that is, I think, really the defensive backfield in general. And we did hear some Telesco comments on that, which we'll talk about. But safety in cornerbacks is interesting. And I think one of the big things here is not knowing what you have with J.C. Jackson, right? Tom Telesco said the hope is that he will be available for training camp, right? But the interesting thing to me is what he said about other guys stepping up, right? And he said, JT Woods, Jasir Taylor, Isaiah Spiller, and some other guys, those guys have to step into roles. We think that it's a pretty good room right now. I wouldn't necessarily look at it like that. And he was talking about the running backs, but I'm interested in what he had to say about the secondary because right now it feels like they need to add to both of those positions. Even if they like JT Woods, you only have three dudes playing safety right now. That is one of the biggest holes out there. And if you don't do it, you have to have a contingency plan. You're muted. Safety is one of those positions that really just jumps off the page for you. I mean, just because after Derwin James, obviously everyone loves DJ. You know what DJ brings to the table. But after DJ, with Alohi Gilman, you just don't know exactly what he is going to do for you. You saw some promising things. And with JT Woods, you know exactly what the problem is there. The tackling is a big issue. Yeah. Hopefully he was able to work on that. And when he gets back on the field, you can you know see some of the improvements in that part of his game because the range and the ball skills are very, very real. But are you going to want to bet on that ability to move forward in his game or are you going to have to bring somebody into the fold? And I think, obviously, John Johnson is still out there. He has not been signed up to this point. And depending on what happens in the draft, if they are not able to find a safety at a position at a draft round that they feel comfortable with, then maybe they're going to have to start engaging in those conversations a lot more seriously. Yeah, and we know they've checked in on that situation already. I mean, if they draft someone, they'll still be in a very inexperienced spot behind Alohi Gilman and Derwin yeah. James. I think what you don't know is how good they feel about Alohi Gilman going into the season as the starter opposite of Derwin James. But it's not always that simple because with Derwin James's injury history, even last year missing a few games and getting suspended for a game, you need to have a backup plan for that too. And right now, the main reserve you have is JT Woods. We obviously hope he can step up. But as Tom Tolesco said right in this press conference, he said, Everyone thinks third, fourth, fifth round picks are going to come in and, and fill needs for you right away when you're just yeah. hoping that they can, you know, earn a role. And sometimes guys don't earn a role until year three or year four of their rookie contract. Yeah. That's fine, but you have to have contingency plans. John Johnson is the one that makes the most sense at safety. Yeah. If you get if you don't bring a safety in in the draft, I feel like he's a guy that has to happen. It feels a lot more desperate at that point to at least yeah. give competition to a Lowy Gilman to give you more options and more versatility in that backfield. And that corner with the uncertainty around J.C. Jackson and Michael Davis, you know, combined with Michael Davis going into the last year of his contract, safety is a big need. Or, I mean, cornerback is a big need. It's yeah. just if they don't do it, you know, they could still bring back Bryce Callahan or someone like that. But it's still more of a short-term issue to what could be a long-term problem. First of all, if J.C. Jackson comes back and isn't what you thought he was, Right, And now you go into 2024 with Asante Samuel Jr. really is the only proven guy going into this year that we know will still be around in 2024. 
And the contract dollars for that position, it just seems like it keeps going up and up and up and up. And I mean, I mean, these guys are getting paid, you know, 17, 18 million, 19 million dollars per season at the at their peak, at their apex. So getting a corner and, and adding another corner and also remember who the head coach of the Chargers is yeah. and what his philosophy is. His philosophy is, is we're going to be looking at adding corners or defensive backs as often and as long as I am the head coach of the Chargers. And so, he's taking three, right? I mean, yeah. three and, potentially. And the, right. The proof is in the pudding, right? Yeah. I mean, he, he's done it, you know. So, you know, he's a man of his of his word. So this this is a position group that you should expect the Chargers to be looking at adding another body. Because, hey, J.C. Jackson coming back, looking good, running on the treadmill, those are all great things. But let's not kid ourselves. This is a very, very serious injury, and you just have to hope that he's able to come back and be the same type of player that they paid him over $80 million to be. Yeah, a takeaway monster and someone that can play for you on the outside. I mean, I think you hope the Chargers can get someone in the draft at one of these positions at the very least and be able to find a lower-level free agent after the draft to kind of fill in the cracks a little bit, maybe get some competition there. And undrafted free agency, see if you can find something there, right? But I think, you know, Jasir Taylor and Alohi Gilman just being undoubted starters is just something you have to, you know, you can't just go and do it like that. Yeah, you just can't be comfortable with with that idea, right? Sure. And last year, that was Trey Pipkins, and that one turned out okay, and he kind of turned it around. (laughs) And Isaiah Spiller is a guy they're going to be relying on too, which we're going to get to. But I think offensive line is another one of those positions that fits into the category, David, of I would like to see them mostly on the interior, right? I want to see someone that could potentially replace Corey Lindsley down the road with some development, right? And also be a swing guard or potentially be a swing guard because I feel pretty good about Jamari Sawyer having to be a tackle, right? And being a swing tackle. So I think if you even just get the interior of the offensive line, that could be great for you, even with Will Clapp in the mix. But if you don't, it does feel like something you have to sign a free agent, something short term to shore up the depth behind that front young five that are all pretty cheap. They are. They're definitely very, very cheap right now, and they're all signed for three seasons. So you feel really good uh, about that and the ability to build continuity for the offensive line. But that is a very physical, very, you know, very injury prone type of position. Yeah. So you have to have quality. When's the last depth. time the Chargers went through a season with an entirely healthy offensive line? The answer is never. Okay? I mean, me and never. David hadn't started this show yet. We hadn't even started Chargers Domination Live for the everydayers out there. You know, you know the origin story. I, know. <laughs> I mean, it, it's been that long. It's been a very, very long time. Yeah, yeah, which, you know, that's over eight years, obviously. So a very, very long time. But, yeah, I don't think there's ever been a point in, in any team's history where they've had just a completely full offensive yeah. line play the entire season. You can't so, rely yeah, on it now. It's a position group that you should be adding to in the draft every single year. It just be some somebody somebody should be, you know, drafted and brought in. But I think yes, they should focus more on the interior, somebody who can maybe have some flexibility playing some guard, maybe playing some center as well. I think that's mm-hmm. uh the the type of, of of position, the type of player that they should be looking to bring into the fold. Yeah, and it's not out of the question. I mean, it's not going to be Jamari Sawyer necessarily, but it's not out of the question you could find someone, you know, rounds four, five, six, that isn't going to potentially start for you this season or you shouldn't ask to start this season, but could turn into a valuable death piece down the road and be a cheap player to back up, you know, two first-round picks on that offensive line. Another guy that's really valuable as a six-round pick, cheap guys there. You could supplement that with cheap contracts, but it would be nice to have a guy, another cheap guy, as those guys' backups that you feel good about and can really grow with this team 
learn the chemistry with exactly. this team and not be as much of a downgrade, you know, when one of those guys eventually goes out because that's always how it goes down. But I'm so excited for the draft, man. It's just going to be so fun to see whoever they get and watching players we that we know are down, on the man. team. Of yes. course, and I'm excited to do our live draft show after the Chargers first round pick. If you guys need another thing to watch, there's also Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino and the Locked On NFL local experts with the Locked On NFL Scouting YouTube page. We will be live for every round of the NFL draft brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. Rounds one, two, and three with Kyle and Joe on the YouTube for the Locked On NFL Scouting page starting at 7.30 Eastern time tomorrow night because the draft is here. But do the Chargers even want to draft a running back? Because, David, I'm starting to get the feeling that they don't. We're going to get into it after this. We've had a lot of fun mock drafting Chargers running backs this year and you know, going with different options. And the Chargers have drafted running backs in three consecutive draft classes. And the big guy that everyone wants to talk about is Bijan Robinson. But it was interesting when we had Daniel Popper on the show earlier in the offseason. And he just said, hey, you know, the Chargers are high on Isaiah Spiller. The Chargers are high on Joshua Kelly. We don't yeah. think that Austin Eckler is going anywhere, even with the trade request. Does that mean that, you know, someone like Bijan Robinson is potentially off the table? But when he was asked today about, you know, yesterday, as you guys are hearing this, what the Chargers, you know, if the Austin Eckler situation is going to affect how the Chargers address the draft and, and you know, tried if they will be trying to take a running back because of that, he said he didn't think so. Yeah, he said Joshua Kelly and Larry Roundtree, uh, you know, Isaiah Spiller, we drafted last year. Isaiah kind of fits all those category of players from previous drafts having to step up and fill needs. And he went on to say that he really likes Isaiah Spiller. He's a bigger back, has good vision. He has the ability to make people miss, but he was stuck behind some players last year. Um, including Larry Roundtree. Like, right, including Larry Roundtree, which made absolutely no sense to me. I, I just, you're never going to be able to convince me that that was a good move. But never, nevertheless, I'm ha kind of happy to hear that just because I want to see Isaiah Spiller get more opportunities. I feel like, I mean, hey, he's still a very, very young player, still 21 years old. You have to keep that um, in, in, in your mind when you're talking about the situation. But when you're, when, he's a, when you're listening to Tom Telesco talk here, it seems pretty obvious to me that they don't feel like they're going to need a running back in this draft. They feel very content with the players that they have, and they're just expecting to get more out of Isaiah Spiller this year. Um, and that might be the the kind of difference from you know the running situation they had last year. But let's also be honest: Austin Eckler gets traded. We're not feeling great about a tandem oh, no. of Josh Kelly and Isaiah Spiller going into the season, just because that's a lot of unknown commodities. That's right. Like Josh Kelly had his best season ever last year. Yeah. But you look at the stat sheet, you're going to see a very moderate season for RB2, right? He missed right. four games as well. So, like, if that's your leading rusher and he's backed up by an Isaiah Spiller that got 10 carries as a rookie, like, that's just not something you'd feel great about. Yeah, not a great situation. I still, though, David, find it hard to believe that, like, Bijan's not an option for the Chargers if he's there just because it's like he brings everything. You know, elite production. He's an elite athlete. He, you know, looks the part. You've seen him do it. it you fills an offensive playmaker type of a role. I still think Bijan Robinson's there, even if they're saying all of these things right now, running back and saying, hey, we're good there. It's still hard for me to believe Tom Tolesco wouldn't pull the trigger potentially on that. I feel like he definitely would. And then yeah. the reason why is because, I mean, whether Austin Eckler plays out this contract this year um, 
or he gets which traded. Which is the most likely option, right? Right, which is the most likely situation to happen. He didn't seem like a general manager that was urgently like, oh, we need a running back because Austin Eckler's going to be traded. He was talking as if Austin Eckler's in the mix this year. Right? Absolutely. But even that, you know, at the $6.25 million that he's getting paid and the disparity on the money that he wants to get paid, he's probably going to be gone after this season. He's going to go try to find that contract somewhere else. So if you're able to get a Bijan Robinson, a, you know, one, maybe a once in a generation type of talent, and you're able to lock him down for five years and, you know, you're having those prime years of that running back. I mean, why wouldn't you sincerely, seriously consider that option? You have to because he could be the only blue chip prospect that's left at pick 21. There you go. He, 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 the positional value is the only thing that throws a wrench into things. If he wasn't running back, there's no way he's getting out of the top 10. Absolutely. Being is you know highly graded of a prospect as he is consensus pretty yeah. much across Unanimously, the board. Unanimously, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's not many times you see it this cut and dry, this black and white. I think the Chargers would absolutely take Bijan Robinson and maybe Brandon Staley. You know, he's been the coach as they've drafted a running back each of the last few years. They haven't had the success, at least with the question marks, you know, the unfinished product of Josh Kelly and Isaiah Spiller drafting yeah. in day three at running back with him, Roundtree, Kelly, all of those guys. Isaiah Spiller is a difference maker, right? And he's an explosive offensive weapon and a guy that you could feel like is the best player available at that spot. And it fills a need for you long term at that position, so you're not paying big money to a running back as you're also paying. Yeah, your but you mean Bijan Robinson? Yeah, that is. Yeah, yeah, Bijan Robinson. So I, I I like to think that they would take him. I don't think that Austin Eckler is getting traded though. So it feels like if it's not Bijan Robinson, good chance they skip out on it altogether. To me personally, yeah. I don't no, know. I if agree with that. Another day three pick on a running back. Like I think if no. they don't get that generational type that falls to them at 21, or maybe you know, a Jameer Gibbs falls to them in the second round, which is super unlikely. Yeah. I, I think they could totally skip that altogether. And I, I don't even necessarily hate that. I'd like to see competition in the running back room, but yeah. I do know there's needs all across this roster and, and it might not, you know, and if they don't go on days one, two, and three, which we've talked about kind of allotting to those big foundational important position groups. Yeah. They might just skip it all together because they're high on Isaiah Spiller and Josh Kelly, you know, and they feel like just having Kellen Moore there, having Rashawn Slater back in the mix yeah. is going to be enough to really, really improve their running back, whether they add a player to it or not. But one of the things that always helps them is they have a quarterback. And last year, one of the exactly. things that hurt them, especially in the first round, was just no quarterback was drafted before the Chargers drafted last year at 17 yeah. when they took Zion Johnson. This year, David, there could be five quarterbacks taken before the Chargers draft. There could be teams trying to trade up with the Chargers to maybe sneak in for a Hendon Hooker at the yeah. end of the first round. And that is something that you really have to keep your options open in the first round and try to get best player available because when there's that many quarterbacks going ahead of you and you're in the great position of not needing a quarterback, Chargers fans feel grateful for that. You could have a really good player drop in your lap. Absolutely. He said the more that go earlier, it's going to push those players down the board. Luckily this year we're in a position where we don't have to take a quarterback in the first round. Luckily, this year, there are some good quarterbacks that can go hopefully high. It's definitely a benefit to us. And then he, he kind of joked as well. He said there could be as, as many as seven quarterbacks that go before yeah. the Chargers pick, which I And I he don't should say that. that every year, right? Yeah. He's like, you know what? Like, when I look at this draft and when I think it's deep, <laughs> yeah. 
I think it's incredibly deep at the top bar at quarterback where it's like, I mean, there's probably seven dudes who should go before pick 21 because they're that good. Yeah, I mean. And you know that there's that assistant in every single room of every single NFL team that's out there taking every bit of information from every single general general manager and trying to decipher if it's legitimate information or if it's just fluff and smoke. Yeah, I don't <laughs> but, think anyone's yeah. taking Tom seriously on that one. Nah, yeah, he def- his quarterback is. Of course, did Justin see Mike. He did, didn't really feel like the Chargers needed to draft a quarterback though, because I definitely wondered with Chase Daniel out of the picture if they would be trying to target a, you know another a third string quarterback. I hope not. World. Gosh, it didn't I, seem like it though. I you mean, know, it didn't. Right, as much it, as you it, can that, tell. Yeah. Right, they said, "Hey, we, we we love Easton Stick. We you know we feel really comfortable and confident." But they'll have three or four going into training. Right, they said they'll have yeah. three or four, which I mean that's not abnormal either. I mean you're going to have some camp arms uh, that's in the situation. But the third guy should just be a practice squad guy. A guy exactly. That, you know, the last thing that you want yeah. in this situation is to have anyone. That is a quarterback taking a roster spot away from any other position that is probably a lot more important, like a defensive line or like sure. an offensive line or a wide receiver where they didn't carry six last season. So yeah. the Chargers are in a good position that they don't have to worry about taking quarterback and they can go with the best player available to them. That's a very, very good spot. Or like you said, if somebody needs to jump up and get that quarterback, maybe they can accrue an extra top 100 pick and go after another need that they feel like they need to fill. Yeah, and on tomorrow's show, we'll talk about, you know, when we make our final predictions about what the Chargers are going to do in round one. And I feel like I have a good idea of who I think it could be. A guy I think it would be very likely, just given everything that's gone on so far during this offseason. And I can't wait to make our final predictions on that. But we'll talk about, you know, the chances of trading, have trading down. Staying put because, I mean, Tom Telesco has never traded down. Could this be the year he does it? Spoiler alert, I hope it is. Yes. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But the, the quarterback situation would be interesting. I mean, I think, you know, obviously you don't want a 49er situation where you're running into Josh Johnson in a playoff game, you know? But yeah. at the same time, with Justin Herbert as QB1, as long as you have a guy you feel good about, which they say they do in Easton Stick, I think you can roll with two on the active roster, especially with how depleted your skill positions and in the trenches you've been yeah. over since forever. Right. So yeah. I, I, the, he also talked about just how like, you know, there's not a position he looks like looks at on the roster where he feels like, OK, we're really good at that position besides left tackle and quarterback. Those are the only position you feel good about. And it's honestly the truth, David, because we didn't talk about defensive tackle yeah. or linebacker. I think right. linebacker specifically just felt like there's not a lot of great options later on in the draft. Really not a great draft for that as far as the guys I watched. Like yeah. Jack Campbell, I liked for sure. They're not going to spend probably a top two-day pick on a linebacker at all. Nah. But, like, they do need all those positions. And if they don't get those guys, they're really going to be relying on guys like Tito and Austin Johnson coming back on the defensive line. And also for just Kenneth Murray to, you know, really step up into a, a good starting linebacker, which I think is another thing where, all right, you know, careful what you wish for right there. But maybe, you know, he, we finally see it. It's just hard to... Hard to predict that with them at this point. Well, the the fifth year option situation, that, that decision. No chance they, they pick that. They up. said that they're going to have to make that decision next week, and yeah, yeah. I and mean, it seems no very chance. very highly unlikely that they're going to pick up that fifth year option, which should be plenty of fuel Kenny. for Kenneth Murray to come in here and play his butt off and try to earn himself a contract, whether that's an extension with the Chargers or another contract with another franchise. New linebacker coach, you know, that'd be one of the things you could say as far as some reason, you know, to have hope i think 
I, I'd still love to see what Nick Neiman looks like out there, right? I, mean, I definitely maybe, would, yes. Maybe he can elevate from more of a special teams role, kind of like Drew Tranquil did back in the day. Um, but I think we've seen two linebackers in back-to-back years have their best season in a contract year in Kazir yeah. White, Drew Tranquil. Maybe Eric Hendricks can you know, be the compliment to Kenneth Murray that unlocks more of his skill set. It's just I don't know how you can have any faith on it at this point. We hope so, of course, but it doesn't of feel course. like linebacker is going to be something they address early in this draft by any means. But tomorrow we'll be putting our money where our mouths are because we are making our final prediction on what we think the Chargers are going to do at pick 21 and if they're even going to be picking at pick 21 at all before seeing what happens and I'm sure what's going to be a wild day one of the NFL draft. And then we'll be with you guys right after that live to react to what the first pick is and to also tell you where the Chargers must attack based on what they end up doing tomorrow night. Big time draft. That first pick is going to be so important for a team right now who's going to be in playoff contention again this year and looking to make it further than, you know, the first round of the playoffs this year. So make sure you guys are back here with us for that tomorrow to make sure you don't miss it. Subscribe to the Locked On Chargers YouTube channel where we will be going live. That's the quickest way to see the show tomorrow night after the draft. But also make sure you guys follow us on all of our social media so you don't make sure you don't miss out on anything. We'll be putting out clips for the players throughout and reacting in live time kind of do what those guys are how we feel about these picks make sure you don't miss it follow us on our social media you can find me on twitter at dan talk sports and david drogmeyer on twitter at dro talk sd as well as the show's page at locked on lic you can also find us at locked on chargers on instagram and you can also find us on our locked on chargers facebook page so excited we put so much work in for this moment in the draft and also have some more crazy things in the works david that we can't talk about yet that are very very exciting a lot of big stuff happening it's going to be a very exciting time around here, but make sure you're back here with us tomorrow for our final predictions on what's going to go down on day one of the NFL draft. But until then, take it easy and go Bolts.